Hey, welcome to the conversation. I am Joel here with my dad. And I'm Rick. Hey, we are glad you're here today. What's yep. our conversation about today, Joel? Well, dad, you know, this this whole show is is me talking to you uh, about things I learned from you growing up. Positive things. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> whatever. Sometimes. Let's, let's keep it on the yeah, positive. Yeah, let's do it on the positive. <laughs> One of the positive things I watched you do, and I watched this over and over throughout um, our life and every season of, that I was in the home with you guys, is I watched you take on things that you felt God calling you to do, but honestly, you were a little bit unqualified to do it. For, first of all, when you became the principal of a Christian school, um, you eventually went and got your master's degree in education. But at the time of being that principal, you were not you know, qualified yeah, I, to do that. Um, yeah. I watched you in Guatemala start um, the, the missions agency that, I mean, you weren't qualified. You lived in Guatemala a few years. And yeah. you know, what did you know about that? I don't know anything about missions. Uh, I watched you run a church, which I felt like you were pretty qualified for, but you were in some weird circumstances. But anyways, it watching you, it got in my head that, yeah, you can pretty much do anything. Uh, you don't really need to be qualified for it. If you feel called and passionate about it, do it. And I remember the first time I started leading outdoor adventures and we started getting a little bit of you know, notice of what about what we were doing, I started getting emails from people and they would say, uh, who are you certified to be doing these outdoor adventures through? Uh-huh. And I I would get super insecure about it because I'm, well, I'm not certified through anybody. I mean, uh, you know, and, and then they'd write me and tell me I've got all of these, you know, outdoor wilderness training certifications. And what I came to find out later was most of them were actually asking for a job oh. <laughs> from the unqualified guy. <laughs> yeah. But I felt super insecure because in many ways yeah. I felt unqualified. And I think that is one of the key things I learned from you. But I also see throughout the scriptures, you see a lot of people who weren't necessarily qualified that God used in great ways. I mean, the example you think of in Acts is when Peter and, and John, these guys are doing all of these things. They're, uh, they're speaking these powerful messages and they say, uh, who are these fishermen that are saying this? And they say, well, Basically, the the essence of what their qualification was was they'd been hanging out with Jesus. They'd been with Jesus. That's yeah. all they took notice of. Yeah. So I want to look at that. We've got people that are in the audience that, that maybe yeah. they're feeling called to do something that they're they don't feel qualified for. Maybe they're called to apply for feeling called to apply for a job role or a position in the job or yeah. Uh, maybe they're scared to have kids or even get married. You say, well, I'm I'm not qualified to do that. <laughs> I remember when they first dropped Elise in our arms and they're like, okay, you can leave the hospital now. We're like. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, you just let us walk out with this human? Like That's right. We all in some places, of areas of our life, feel unqualified, but I think that's a great place to be. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point because I, I think you're right. In Scripture, you see more unqualified people than qualified. In fact, it may sound kind of trite, but I think feeling unqualified, at least in the kingdom, is the first step of qualification because mm-hmm. then you recognize. We, we learned a little, before you were even born, I was doing things I was unqualified for. I was uh, 18, 20, <laughs> I was about 24 years old, halfway through college, you know, and the church started a 24-hour phone counseling center, you know, like crisis hotline center thing with, you know, suicide calls and whatever for prayer. And 
I told the pastor, I said, hey, whenever you get that thing going, I, I'd like to help whoever's in charge of it. And at the next elders meeting, I heard him announcing, uh, now Rick's going to be in charge of this thing. And I'm going, what? I don't know anything about counseling. Christ, crisis counseling. Crisis yeah. counseling. You so know, he so. calls, they're like, you're like, please hold. <laughs> I have <laughs> yeah. a crisis. Well, please hold. Let me look yeah. that up. Yeah. Well, I actually told one guy who was threatening suicide to call me in the morning. I was late and I was tired, but I knew him. He called all the time. Oh. Man. You know, so I, I was like, dad. <laughs> just, hey, is this Bob? Yeah, it's Bob. Hey, Bob, just call me tomorrow. We'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> For those listening, yeah. not an exemplary thing to do. <laughs> don't don't kill yourself, Bob. Call me in the morning, okay? But yeah, I'm telling you, I didn't know anything, you know. But I learned, you know, and uh, it went okay. Um, but here's the point: it, the unqualified. You look at Gideon, you know. He, I'm from the smallest family. I'm totally unqualified. And really, I get a little nervous when people feel like they are confident when they have feel like they are qualified to do what God's called them to do, because oftentimes, well, I think like maybe 100% of the times, he likes to pick people who aren't qualified so that when amazing things happen, guess who gets the glory? Guess mm. who gets the honor? They know it wasn't, you know, they knew it wasn't me. They knew it wasn't him. It had to, this has to be God because I know that guy. He's a real goofball, you know. There's no way he could have pulled this off. So I think the Lord does that. Well, and also it's probably because he only has unqualified people because the stuff that he asks us to do is supernatural. Mm. I mean, if it's stuff you can do in your own strength and who needs God for that? And so he really only asks us to do supernatural things. What the, what's the classic line? He doesn't call the qualified. Well, yeah. He qualifies the called. Yeah. yeah. And though it's trite and though it's, you know, it there's a lot of truth to it too. There is. You think you think yeah. about the guys so many of the guys in the Bible that he called, mm-hmm. they didn't feel qualified and it was when they started to feel qualified that's when they got in trouble. Yeah. You look at King King Saul. Perfect. He, uh, yeah. When he first started, he ran. He's like, I, I, I can't do this job. They had to dig him out. He was hiding somewhere because <laughs> he knew right. he was going to come up in the lot and he was the one that was chosen. And so he runs and hides. And he was good when he felt unqualified. You think the same way of the Apostle Paul. He said, look, I'm the worst of sinners. I actually persecuted the church. What am I doing here? Yeah. Now, he was qualified by worldly standards. He had the education. He had all the background. But by his own standards, he knew, man, I'm not qualified for this. I am a mess. And that's part of the nature of uh, why God would choose unqualified people because then you're not yeah. leaning on the, it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. Instead of trusting in yourself, you're saying, I know me, <laughs> I'm yeah. not very trustworthy. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. And so you you end up leaning on the Lord for the guidance. And that's again, where the unqualified person often becomes the great leader because- they're looking for insight beyond their own qualifications. Yeah. And, and God does give amazing insight into things that you would, I would have never even thought of that, you know, and, but mm. God reveals. And there's that also, also that element of, of, you know, there's certain things you learn through an education that are, are the, in the box. This is the box. And oftentimes great leadership requires outside the box thinking. That's why people who are unqualified, I think about the book, uh, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called David and Goliath. And he talks about how, uh, you know, David was not this warrior, then he didn't have all of the warrior gear. And that's what allowed yeah. him to be agile and quick because he wasn't weighed down with all of the accoutrements of what a warrior has. And it made him a great warrior. He takes down the giant. And oftentimes God in our lives will ask us to do things, take down some giants that we're unqualified to do that because of our past history. You're like, well, people in my family haven't done that. Or, yeah. you know, I'm come from a dysfunctional family. You're not qualified to be speaking into this. But it's, it's through the very nature of that that God has prepared you uh, 
you're kind of the underdog in some ways, but the underdog thrives because they don't have these limitations of the box that's been put around the way they're supposed yeah. to think. And I mean, there, so let's talk about that for a second because there is some value in getting qualified. Right, yeah. But oftentimes what I see with people is they sit around waiting to get qualified to do what they're called to do. And most of the time, I yeah. think God calls us to step out and do what he's telling us to do. And then you can get the qualifications later. But we, when you wait around too long and say, well, I'm waiting for people to affirm me. And, and this is another funny thing you always point out. You're like, well, who made the affirmers the affirmers? It's usually yeah. the first person <laughs> who did the thing. So, you know, in a certification process, well, why yeah. are you certified to give me a certification? Well, because I'm the first one that did it and yeah. I'm going to tell you how to do it. So you can kind of create your own certification process in a way. That's when I think I first discovered this. I was principal of the school and our school was not accredited because we didn't want, you know, the government telling us how to run things because, well, look at how their success rate was working out. And so why, <laughs> why would we have them tell us what to do? And then all of a sudden, this uh, Christian organization we were part of decided they were going to start their own accreditation process. And so they made some standards, and you got to have this many books in your library and this many certified teachers and blah, blah, blah. And if you had that, then you could be accredited with them. And I thought, well, why don't I just start my own accreditation agency? <laughs> I mean, we don't have that many books in our library, and some of our, te- some of our best teachers aren't certified, and I don't want to get rid of them for their accreditation. And I realized, I could just start my own accreditation agency. In fact, I'm just, uh, I, uh, I have, you know, I've been working on, I have this PhD uh, in pastoral ministry that I've, I have, I am a PhD MD, that, not medical doctor, that's a PhD minus, minus dissertation. dissertation. <laughs> You've done all the homework. I've done everything. You just haven't written your dissertation. I haven't written the dissertation. Yeah. And so I got a contact from the university wanting to know if I wanted to pick up that program and continue it. And they were going to charge this and that many more hours and this many more of this. And I thought, gosh, for that much money, I'll just start my own university and give myself a PhD. Yes. Why not? You know, <laughs> it's, it's not that hard to accredit yourself, you know, if you want to. It is a funny nature of things that once you get some success, uh, well, I just think about when I when I first wrote my first book and you write a book and people think you know what you're talking about after yeah. you write a book and um, they think you're an expert now. Yeah. It's like, well, I guess that now I'm, I'm qualified. Well, not really. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what this university I'm talking about. How did it get started? Somebody somewhere said, we're going to start a university. Yeah. And so- I'll just start my own and get my own. I'll be the first PhD out of my own university. And here's the standards, the hoops that you need to jump through to become like me. Yeah. And then eventually they find too many people getting through the hoops. So they're like, we need to add more hoops. Make it harder. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of how it is. Once I get mine, I always make it harder for the next guy. Yeah. You know, because um, I don't know. We just want to make it harder. You know, we always are building obstacle courses. Let's add something on. Let's make it tougher. Let's, well, that would be good. Yeah, it might be good, but is it really necessary? What did you would you have qualified for your own qualifications yeah, when exactly. you started? Yeah, that's the challenge of it. You exactly. That, so, so uh, while we're here, if anybody else needs a PhD um, for five hundred dollars, you can apply, and I'll start, start my new university, <laughs> the Malm University. We'll start well, our own university, and we'll qualify everyone. We'll give it a more prestigious name than that. You know, it'll be something that you really can't understand or, or spell. It'll be Latin, whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so, just let me know if you're interested. So what is the value in when you feel unqualified uh, having someone you know affirm you or you know put their stamp of approval on you well, and, and is that dangerous I don't know to expect that or hope for that before you get started I don't know if it's dangerous I, I just think of this though um, I never really understood the genius of that book The Wizard of Oz 
you know, um, until you realize that when you watch it all the way through, the one who's always solving the problems is a scarecrow who has no brain, you know? <laughs> the one who's always doing the, the brave, courageous thing is the scaredy lion. Isn't that his know? song, If I Only Had a Brain? Yeah, If yeah. I Only Had a Brain, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, but at the end, all of a sudden, the the wizard says to the scarecrow, "Why you don't you don't need a brain? I know a lot of people who aren't as smart as you. All you need is a diploma." And he gives him a diploma, and all of a sudden he's a e equals m e sim whatever that c sim squared. Uh, e, I don't know what e equals m c squared. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that one. You know, he starts quoting all these formulas, and all of a sudden he's a genius because somebody gave him a diploma. Huh. And then the lion, he gives him the the brave heart, and he's all of a sudden brave, and you know, it's just. That's kind of what, so if you need a wizard to give you a certificate to make you feel qualified, if that helps you, awesome, you know, but you probably already have the smarts to do it, particularly if God is calling you to do it. Now, I want to put a caveat there because, you know, you mentioned earlier, one guy that was unqualified in his own mind was Paul the Apostle, but mm -hmm. he was qualified by the world standards. But it's interesting because he went to he went to Mars Hill at Athens. He debated with the wisest, the philosophers, and he had very little success. He had a little success, but very little. And so he said his next stop was Corinth. And so he writes to them and says, when I came to you, I didn't come in man's wisdom. In other words, somehow he had realized it's not in man's wisdom. I came in a demonstration of the power of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So Paul, who had all the qualifications, had to be reduced to, I know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Whereas Peter who is the ignorant, unlearned fisherman, in his first letter, first letter, second letter, first or second Peter, he says this, add to your faith virtue, and then to your virtue knowledge. So once you've got faith, make sure that, that faith is being carried out by living a virtuous life, but then get some knowledge, get some information. Mm. So, it's, so the unlearned one needs to not be proud of his ignorance. He needs to be willing to add to his faith virtue and to his virtue knowledge. But the wise one who's got all the qualifications probably needs to recognize, and God's very capable of bringing us to that point, that it's not in my preparation. Thank God for all that. Awesome. He'll use that. But it's in Christ and him crucified that my power is. You used to tell me that all the time. You said things like education, they're, they're not an end all. They're essentially a key yeah. that can get you through a door. And I want to bring up that thing that Paul was qualified because that is an interesting thing that a lot of times the people I talk to that feel unqualified, they actually are qualified because God has been throughout their entire life taking right. everything that's happened to them and preparing for their next step. In fact, one of the biggest things I find in my coaching program and, and working with people in, in um, counseling is that when they feel, oftentimes when they feel called to do something, it's right in line with what God has asked them to do. Sure. And if if they come up with something bizarre, like, you know, I want to be an organic okra farmer. I'm like, uh, okay, so you want to go from IT to organic okra farming. <laughs> do you have some sort of a background in that? And oftentimes you'll find they actually do. They grew up on a farm, went yeah. to IT, but God's calling them. to. And God will oftentimes prepare you through the things that have happened in your past Sure. Um, the good, the bad, and and even the ugly, because he's that powerful that he can redeem even those things. He'll prepare you oftentimes for what's ahead, and so it, it's a natural progression. You feel unqualified because, yeah, well, I, you know, for example, I left the farm when I was eighteen to go get a degree in IT or whatever, and yeah. now I'm here in my forties, going back to it. You feel unqualified, but actually, what God has been doing in your life, every season of life, every circle, something I talk about in in a book I'm working on. Um, Every circle is 
he's preparing you for that next step because God wastes nothing. Right. So you feel unqualified, but really if you were to unpack it, you might find that everything that has happened to you up to this point has been preparation for your greatest work. Yeah. What God is calling you to do. And, and oftentimes it's in the second half of life. Uh, but that that's kind of the story with you. You started a missions agency and one of the things you felt at the core of it with Commission to Every Nation, that's the name of the organization, is you said you want a heavy focus on pastoral care. So you hadn't been a missionary, but maybe five years mm-hmm. in living in Guatemala when you started doing this. And pastoral care is something you had already been prepared for because you got this pastoral gift that you've always had. You were an pa- associate pastor, then a pastor. It's at the core of what you're doing now. Right. and. You say that, you say, well, I'm not necessarily a missionary, but I feel called to to missions uh, as as the tool. So there, that's an interesting element because people would look at you and say, well, what what qualifies you? In fact, I, I remember when you first started the organization, uh, I saw an article by somebody and he, he was talking, it was basically subtly hinting at you <laughs> saying, <laughs> who is this guy that thinks he can start an organization? And here it is. 15, 20, was it 20 years later? 26 years later. You saw something or God showed you something that was the future of what missions were going to be and you caught the wave early and you started an organization that's very unique. In fact, when I tell people this, they're like, how did he see that? I'm like, I don't know that he did. He didn't. <laughs> he was. He felt unqualified, but he followed the Lord and now yeah. you've got an organization that has a very unique niche in the missions community. Um but you weren't qualified to do it. But there was this pastoral care thing, and the pastoral care is the drive behind the missions agency, caring for the missionaries, making yeah. sure they're not out there on their own, making sure their marriages are, you know, cared for, tended to. And that was where you were being qualified. And the funny thing is, too, as you look back, there was this weird, crazy season in our life right before we went to Guatemala, where you you were asked to help this guy start a quote missionary training center oh, that, yeah. that I don't know that it ever actually trained any missionaries, but it sure trained you. Yes, it did. It yeah. did. Yeah, that was definitely God's step taking me there. That's how he got me onto the mission field and prepared me because, again, the training, that was why I was in a pastoral role at that time. And as you say, the, the unique thing about Commission to Every Nation is our emphasis upon pastoral care. And I've had other agencies and people contact me and say, how can we do that? Or they're starting to see the need for that. And many times they are so structured already that I don't see any way they can do it mm. without totally, well, they just can't do it. They've got too many certifications and qualifications, <laughs> too many, probably. Too many other things going, you know, yeah. that just aren't going to make it workable. And again, as you say, it just kind of grew out of who I was. We are more of a pastoral care agency and just happens to be for missionaries than really a missionary sending agency. Uh, we're, we're, I say this way, we're a missionary serving agency rather than missionary sending People come to us and say where they want to go. So again, as you're saying, God is orchestrating even random things, even things that might appear to be a failure at the moment, at the time, Uh God is going to take those things because he is working all things together for the good of those who love him. And so even the things that might appear to be a failure, I don't think we're, one of the things we're not qualified to do is determine what is a failure in our life. Oh, that's good. Because if I don't think a Christian can fail if they're being obedient. The only way we can fail is through disobedience. Yeah. Because if you're obeying God, you don't know what kind of situation that's going to get you into. It might get you thrown in jail, ask Paul the apostle. You know, it might it might really get you messed up. It may get you really in a bad situation. But if it's in obedience, God is he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he'll bring good out of that. 
I want to talk real quick about, I've also seen this in a lot of people's lives where somebody that was a gatekeeper, somebody mm-hmm. that was qualified, told somebody else, you aren't qualified. And then somebody had felt like they needed to abandon the dream in their heart because some qualified person told them they were unqualified. What do you do if you're in a situation where somebody who is qualified has said, no, you're not qualified to do this? I, I, I think about, I saw a missions agency one time that had a thing that said, most people aren't qualified to be missionaries. I'm like, well, that's really a great recruiting tool. Like, yeah. yes, what do you tell? But one of the things you're, that C10 is about is if you feel called, that is the oftentimes the qualification you need to get started, obviously get more training. So you think about people that the experts say they're unqualified. I think specifically mm-hmm. a few years back, that guy, John Chow, he went on his own. He got some training, but he went on his own to the Andaman Islands to minister to some basically very tribal people that were completely unreached. He died in the process. And yeah. I saw a lot of Christian experts on missions. Yeah, uh, I say that that was intentional sarcasm. Yeah, um, Kind of ranting, saying this guy was not prepared. He was unqualified. He just went in there recklessly. And he, who did he think he was to do that? But I think yeah. that dude just broke through the wall. Those people are going to hear the gospel at some point because he brought attention to it. Yeah. I mean, he, he almost, there couldn't have been a more glorious death than what went down getting, not only did he, he, he died for the gospel, but the acknowledgement he got afterwards that there are an ungroup, unreached group of people there that needed to be reached. The world became aware of the fact that there are unreached people. Yeah, so yeah. He, maybe he was unqualified in the pro's mind, but man, if he would have listened to them and never gone. Yeah, and, and the pros are gonna say, well, it was obviously a failure because he was killed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, so some people started pointing out, uh, what was their name there? Uh, the five in Ecuador that were killed. Um, yeah, Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott. Nate Saint. Nate Saint and all yeah. those. Well, but that was different. That was different. <laughs> they were prepared. Uh, no, if you check out John Chow, he was prepared too. He had done a lot to prepare. And there really is no difference. And so if you, and then the other thing is, well, okay, then 11 out of the 12 apostles were failures because they were martyred. Mm. Well, they obviously, you know, Thomas obviously wasn't sent to India because they killed him over there, you know. Uh, it's just foolishness. It's what it is, and it's something I'm constantly fighting, is it's taking um, biblical principles and trying to fit it into a 20th century mindset or 21st century mindset. It's trying to corporatize. It's trying to say, well, this is how we determine success in the corporate world. And so therefore in the church now, in missions, we determine success by return ROI, return on investment. Do we get enough people uh, saved by this investment or where do we go? We, well, we need to go to unreached people groups. I'm all for going for unreached people groups if that's where you're called to go. But if that's not where God's called you to go, and if God's called you to go to an unreached people group and you get killed, hey, guess what? If you obeyed, if you He's got that martyr's crown in heaven. I don't think he's going to be complaining. It it goes back to the we're we're operating by a different group of standards, which is what the unqualified question always comes back to yeah. is people may say you're unqualified. The lack of diploma, lack of education, lack of certification, maybe even lack of experience would say you're unqualified. But oftentimes God will take it says he takes the foolish things of this world to confound the 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 intellectuals, the wise. The wise. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that's what it comes back to is the standard that we're being judged off of and who's, who is establishing what is qualified. And, and, and I mean, just to really to wrap it up, if you feel called to do something, maybe you're sitting there today and you're saying, man, I really feel like I'm supposed to 
to maybe go to college, but I don't know if I got what it takes. Yeah. I haven't been in school in 30 years. You know, yeah. I'm gonna be the oldest person in there. Yeah. And I really feel like I'm called to start this business. I really feel like I'm called to start a Bible study at our church, but man, I'm not qualified. I've only been yeah. a Christian a few years. Um, then if God is giving you the call, he's first of all, he has prepared you for it uh, in some way. And so you you step into the call and then you get as much training as you can. Yeah, and step in humbly. Yeah. You can simply say, you know, you use the Bible Bible study example. You know, when I felt called to start a Bible study when I was like 18 or 19 years old, you know, and I thought, well, who, me, what? I don't, I hardly know the Bible. But I realized, well, there are still people who know less than I do. Yeah. So I can teach them what I do know. And you go into it humbly and don't go into it feeling like you have to prove to everybody that you're qualified. Just mm. go into it. I don't really understand what I'm doing here. I'm just being obedient. And then that kind of puts the impetus upon God to have to step up and fulfill and make it happen. And that's what you want. Yeah. You and, want it to be him. And which it goes back, I mean, it's this, there's, there's this, I love this. It says, you know, they say a person with experience is never at the mercy of a person with a theory. And yeah. oftentimes it's the qualified people who have the theories, but you have an experience of God's work in your life. You have an experience of what he's done, what he's called you to do. And that alone should be enough for you to step forward, like you said, humbly. Yeah. Say, I'm no expert. I don't know everything. In fact, there's a, most of the stuff I don't know, but I know what he's done in my life. And you, you, know, you, through the witness of what he's done in your life, through the testimony of what he's done in life, you've become qualified. Yeah, and you probably are more qualified than you think. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information from Joel or Rick, you can visit joelmalm.com or rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review of the podcast. 